Dead Letter by Samantha Henderson The dream jerks me awake and I stare at the rough plaster ceiling. My body is filmed with sweat and the pattern of cracks above me looks just like Nevada. The dream leaves me hollow. An empty place like the inside of a drum stretched tight. A hollow place echoing with short, sharp cries of dread or despair. The dream forces tears from my eyes, crawling slowly like thick worms, drying into sticky crusts of salt. I blink once, twice, and emerge from the shadow of the dream. The pit of my stomach aches as if punched, once, twice. I blink three times and I'm out of it. Out. But it hangs about me with smoky tendrils. A burnt smell of a fire lately doused. Trees half charcoaled and gritty beneath your nails, charred into perfect squares. Outside it's still dark, and a dog barks in the street. From the apartment next door I hear the sleepy murmur of a child. Her mother will rouse her from her warm bed, and wash the sand from the corners of her eyes. She will dress her in a pink two-piece outfit with matching tennis shoes, and feed her cornflakes. She will clip her long, unruly hair with a tarnished barrette and see her off to school. There's a design for a fairy tale castle imprinted on the pink rubber bottom of each tennis shoe, I think. The dream recedes, and I can swallow again, although it waits at a cautious, low-tide distance. I should get up. I don't. Florida embraces Nevada, flouting geography in the cracked plaster ceiling. The dream floats in the middle distance. Its color's clear, but its edges starting to fade. I've got to get to work now. I grope for the slippers under the bed. I don't bother to dress. Not anymore. I've got five pairs of striped pajamas, and I wash them all every week. Every week in the same machine, while the other tenants peer at me through the wired glass of the laundry door. My tattered, green, terry robe, my shabby slippers... I wash my sheets at the same time. Frequent washings have made them soft and felted. Nightly I bathe in the chipped enamel bathtub. There is no shower. To wash my hair I submerge under the gray water. I run my fingers through my hair and clumps come out clogging the drain. The charcoal smudges on my fingers never come off completely. You mustn't think I'm a dirty person. Weeks used to pass between the dreams. I used to get dressed go to movies, restaurants. I had a job. I think I had a job. Every day I read the paper. All of it. The personals as well. Now the dreams come every night. Almost. And when they don't, the night is burnt wood black and has no beginning. No end. I read the paper every day. Section by section. Beginning to end. The pencils are ready on the table, an arima thick cream-colored paper. I must work quickly, before the dream dissolves. I draw the forehead, hairline first, avoiding the eyes. They're the most difficult, and the hardest to forget. These are close together, almost beady, but black, a soft, velvety black, not hard-edged jet. Dusty pools of graphite dust. He was bent at his work, and I had to look closely to see the burlap bag at his feet. 
It was full, bulky, as he struggled to rope it round. The contents slid as he picked it up, and a tear glittered in the charcoal corner of his eye. I draw his nose, and avoid the eyes no longer. I am quick and clinical. He fights the limp weight of the bag, and water gurgles nearby. We are by the wharf. He's tying the mouth of the bag tightly. For three years I've drawn them and mailed their faces in pristine manila envelopes to a post office box in Nevada. I read the paper page by page, and sometimes I see them, the faces I draw. They're always missing. Their families, neighbors, loved ones are worried. Sometimes there's no photograph, and I read the description and wonder. They're not always men. The last was a woman. She chewed the skin around her nails and looked back and forth whimpering. Usually I use charcoal pencils only, but sometimes I use red or green. I draw his lips red. They are full and voluptuous. I mail them to Nevada, and they disappear. Once I refused. A young, slim man who paced ceaselessly under a small, lit window. He wanted to go away. I felt it so strongly. I refused. I forgot his face. I couldn't draw him if I tried. Two weeks later, an envelope came. Postmark Nevada. It contained only a grimy newspaper clipping. They found the small body floating in the parent's pool. A description of the suspect was given. I've never refused since. Do I dream of the past or the future? Do I make the future when I dream it? I do not know. He's finished, and I slip him in the envelope, seal it, write the address. The dream hasn't faded completely, and as he wrestles the bag, a foot slips out. Cinderella's castle, embossed on the sole of a pink tennis shoe. Past or future? From the window, I watch next door's child crossing the street. She grabs the lamp pole in the corner and swings herself like a dancer, swings herself left, and vanishes. In my robe and slippers, I take the envelope to the corner mailbox. I can't trust anyone else. In the paper, I read of a mail carrier who finished his route early for some seven years, carted bag after bag home to stockpile in his living room, bag after bag that never found a home dead letters. I wondered if there were any manila envelopes there, addressed to a P.O. box in Nevada. This has been a Podcastle Miniature. Dead Letter was written by Samantha Henderson. She lives in Southern California and has published short fiction and poetry in markets such as Strange Horizons, Chizine, Realms of Fantasy, Fantasy, Lone Star Stories, Goblin Fruit, and Mythic Delirium. Her short story Bottles was shortlisted for the 2009 Nebula Award, and her fiction and poetry has been podcasted at Podcastle, Escape Pod, Drabblecast, and Starship Sofa. The story was originally published in Strange Horizons. The story was narrated for you by Sarah Talbert, who's read stories at her sister podcast, Escape Pod and Pseudopod, as well as functioning as the voice of Miss Watkins on Dr. Roundbottom's Field Sounds. 